good to be here. We give God praise Amen. for this, another expression of his love Amen. towards us. Amen? And I also want to give honor and praise and thanks to my good friend, Pastor Terrell, who has been on this journey for quite a while now, and I really appreciate him. I have various, various ministerial friends, and each of them have their own uh, personality, of course. And one I love about Pastor Terrell is his jovialness, and very energetic. He loves what he's doing, and I thank God for that. He has a passion for the Bible, a passion for God's people, and a passion for just sharing the word and, and song. Now, I often joke and tease that uh, when we were uh, somewhere along the line, I must have stood in the wrong line when they were giving preachers' voices. Somewhere I missed the singing line. Somehow, uh, almost most of all of my ministerial friends can sing but me. Uh, but uh, I don't know what it was, but uh, I thank God for him. Not only that, he's a, he plays an instrument quite well. Now, let me just say this. I'm he, he didn't say it this morning. I thought he was going to say something. Now, for the last four, four, 14 visits, I've been telling you I'm going to play my violin. And I am, I am taking my violin lessons, and I'm doing well. My teacher says I'm doing real good. And I honestly meant to bring it today. I, I, I got in the car, and I got halfway here, and I thought, oh, I forgot the violin. So I, I'm not going to say I promise, but next year, <laughs> I will give you my debut. I've got two songs I can play, well, at least the first part of them anyway. So and my wife, she encouraged me, said, you got to practice, honey, you got to practice. So um, I'll be there, just give me one more time to, to get, it, get it right, Amen. But I thank my friend. I thank this church. This is a great church and great people. Give yourselves a hand. I thank God for uh, life itself. I thank God for what he's done in my life and doing in the life of my family. It's good to have my wife here. Where's my, where's my wife here? My nephews. Uh, last night when they had their gift, I told her. I said, get them up at 12. Let them open their gifts at 12. She said, no, no, we get them up at 6, 6. I said, no, get them up at 12. That's the way we do things. So we waited till 6, and we got up at 6, got up at 7. So we had to push to get here. So we're here. We thank God for being here. But they opened all them gifts they had just in that time frame. So we are grateful again. Good to see Deacon Carly with us this morning. All of the first lady here, good to see you as well. We bless the Lord for you. Now, I'm going to do my best not to hold you long. If you take your Bible and turn with me, um, two, three passages of Scripture. I'm going to ask for a favor. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 and 38. Matthew chapter 1, verses 18. Hold on, let me just let me do that. Let me do that. Luke chapter 1, verse 30. Luke chapter 1, verse 30. If you can and would stand with us as we read from God's word, I will. Luke chapter 1, verse 30 says, Then the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. In Matthew chapter 1 and verse 20, but while, the, but while, he, thought, but while he thought that about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to, make, to take to Mary your wife. Take to you, Mary, your, your wife, for that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Ghost. And the last one, Luke chapter 2, and verse 
verse 10. And the angel said to them, Do not be afraid, for behold, I bring good tidings of great joy, which will be for all. Those verses, those five verses, really, I want to talk about what's called fear not. Fear not. Now, I'm going to ask you again to, I beg you and thank you, allow me to read those passages, because you've got to hear those passages as they're read. So I'm going to ask you to allow me to read the passages. The first one is Luke chapter 1, verses. Luke chapter 1, verses 26 through 36. Now in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent by God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth, to a virgin betrothed to a man whose name was Joseph, the house of David. The virgin's name was Mary. Having come in, the angel said to her, Rejoice, highly favored one, the Lord is with you. Blessed are you among women. When she saw him, she was troubled at his saying, considered considered what matter of greeting this was. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bring forth a son, and you shall call his name, and you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great, and he will call he will be called the Son of the Highest. And the Lord God will give him the throne of his father of his father David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever, and of his kingdom there will be no end. Then Mary said to the angel, How can this be, since I do not know a man? The angel said, angel, and the angel answered and said to her, The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, there all, therefore also the Holy One who is in you is to be born, be called the Son of God. Now indeed Elizabeth, your, your relative, has also conceived a son in her womb, in her old age. This is now the sixth month for her, who was called barren. For with God, nothing will be impossible. Then Mary said, Behold, the maid servant of the Lord, let it, be, let it be to me according to your word. The angel departed from her. In Matthew, Matthew chapter 1, 18 through 25, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with the child of the Holy Spirit. And Joseph, her husband, being a just man, not wanting to make her a public example, was minded to put her away quietly, secretly. But, but while he thought about these things, behold, an angel of the Lord appeared to him in a dream, saying, Joseph, son of David, do not be afraid to take Mary your wife, take to be Mary your wife, which that which is conceived in her is of the Holy Spirit. And she will bring forth a son and call his name Jesus. He will save his people from their sins. And all this was done that it might be fulfilled, which was spoken by the Lord, the prophet, saying, Behold, the virgin shall be with child and bear a son, and shall call his name Emmanuel, which is translated God with us. Then Joseph, being aroused from sleep, did as the angel of the Lord commanded him. Took him his wife. He did not know her until she brought forth her firstborn son and called his name Jesus. And the last one, Luke chapter 2. Starting at verse 8. 
Now, the, now there was in the same country shepherds living out in the field, keeping watch over their flock. Behold, an angel of the Lord stood before them. The glory of the Lord shone around them. They were greatly afraid. Then the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Behold, I bring you good tidings of great joy, which will be for you to all people. For there is born to you this day in the city of David a Savior, Christ the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in swaddling clothes, lying in a manger. Suddenly there was with the angel, multitudes of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. So it, so it was when the angels had gone away from them in heaven that the shepherds said to one another, Let us now go to Bethlehem and see this thing for which, which has come to come past, which has come to pass, which the Lord has made known to us. They came with haste, found Mary and Joseph, and they lying in a manger. Now when they had seen him, they made widely known what saying told them concerning the child. And all those who heard it marveled at those things which were told them by the shepherds. And Mary kept all these things and pondered them in her heart. Then the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, and seen May God bless the reading of his word. I appreciate the homage to those passages. I've kind of taken upon myself, as I come to my Bible study to begin to reread the Gospels, all four of them again. And I think we need to do that so we can, we can reintroduce ourselves to our Savior. After a period of time, we kind of get lack, lackadaisical, and we don't really, we forget who he is. We kind of see him as just one of our friends. But I think if we pause and reintroduce ourselves to our Savior, Jesus Christ, we will see some things that we may have missed. And so as I, I, I really want to read all those three because each, each, each gospel writer picks something different about the birth. But the main thing and the thrust of our talk today is that of fearing not, not being afraid. Fear is a, has been a part of a human existence since the fall of man, found in Genesis chapter, eight, uh, chapter 3. Everyone, regardless of who you are, in this room has some kind of fear. I have a fear personally of heights. Even just standing up here looking down there makes me a little nervous. Now, my fear is not so much as being up that high, because sometimes when you're up high, you get a good view of things. My fear is not necessarily even of falling, because sometimes falling is exhilarating. I, I believe that my fear of heights is the sudden stop at the end. That's what causes me to be afraid. Bible, the Bible is, uh, we are, as I said, we are, we are plagued by all kinds of fears. Snakes, spiders, which is another of mine. I, I am seriously arachnophobic. I, I remember one time uh, my wife and them were gone, had gone uh, uh, to run an errand, and I was at the, the house by myself, and some, something rang, somebody rang the doorbell. And I wasn't completely prepared to go to the door. But I went to the door, went outside, and it just so happened our doorknob was broken. So if you didn't, wasn't careful, if it closes, you couldn't get back in. So I went outside in my robe and picked whatever up, and the door shut. Now I'm outside in front of my house, just my robe. But I, really, I thought, well, maybe I left the sliding door open in the back, so I'm going to go around the side of the house to get into to the back, get into some of the back. And as I approached the house, there was a huge spider web blocking the path. 
and there was a spider in the middle of it. And I can tell you, Brother Pastor, I, I, I could hear him say, he looked like he was dressed like Gandalf from Lord of the Rings. And I heard him say, you shall not pass. <laughs> and I turned around, went back to the front and waited for my wife and them to get home. So we all have some kinds of fears. Disease, financial setbacks, old age, gray hair, rejection, disappointment. All of us has some fears. Even in the Bible, Abraham lied about Sarah out of fear. Joseph displayed fear of Esau. Moses feared Pharaoh. All of us, biblical characters as well as we, have some kind of fear. Nothing has changed. People are still caught in the grip of fear. Even as we come to the close of this year, some may be being afraid of what's going to happen next year. We may be afraid of what's going to happen tomorrow. And with the, with the current situation in the White House, people are afraid of what's happening in their lives. Unfortunately, some people are placed on furloughs and whatnot because of someone's insecurity cause other lives to be shaken. Fear has always been a part of the human experience, but it's not what we are supposed to allow to capture us. But the scripture says God has not given us the spirit of fear. There's a story told about a, a preacher, a Scottish preacher by the name of John McNeil. When he was a little boy, he would have to walk home Late at, sometime late at night on this long path that was dark. He'd have to go through the woods, and it was real dark, and there would be this huge ravine on one side. And he tells a story of one time he was walking home, and the, the story was that on, that on that road there was a lot of bad things, wild animals and, and people who could do you harm. And so he's walking home one night, and he's, it's, it's real dark this night, and he, as he's walking, he senses somebody coming toward him. And he hears a voice, and, but he can't make it out. So at this point, he's thinking, it's over. This is it. They're about to get me. But the voice spoke again, John, is that you? He instantly realized it was his father. His father knew how afraid he was walking at night, so his father decided to come and meet him. And, and, what and the voice of his father allayed, uh, uh, caused his fears to disappear. Well, I'm, what I'm saying today is that we're living in a, a world that brings about a lot of fear. And all we need to hear is the voice of our father, God our father, who to allay our fears. So today I want to sh hopefully share with you the voice of God. As I said, as the scripture tells us, three times God sent angelic messengers to the earth as it, connect, as it deals with his son. Each time they brought good news, but each time the news also, prior to them understanding, brought fear, trepidation. Three times the angels appeared, three times they spoke the words, fear not, don't be afraid. I want to just for a few moments talk about that. First thing is, in Luke chapter 1, verses 26 to 38, you see, do not be afraid, do not fear God's providence. Providence is simply the overruling watch, care, and involvement of God in our lives. God is there no matter what we fear. Now look at what happens here. In the, look at the calmness of Mary. When Gabriel appeared to her, she was nervous but she wasn't a, too, you know, she, she, she didn't know what the message was about. It struck her, but she was able to calm down. Now, at this time, Mary is about 14, 15 years old. She's a newly, she's betrothed to Joseph. She's about to get married. So she's, she's kind of at the height of life she, at that time. She's, she's looking for what every girl of that age looks for, a good husband, a good life. So she's set. Everything is all right. So at this point, she's calm. 
At this point, she's ready to deal with her situation, her, her life. And the scripture suggests she's both spiritually and sexually pure. There's nothing wrong. She's the perfect young lady. But then, same thing with our lives. Sometimes life seems to be going real smooth. It seems like we, our, our, our boat is sailing on safe seas. It seems like we, we get up in the morning, everything's going all right. But then all of a sudden, a storm arrays, arises and causes us fear. Because look what happens. The challenge of Mary's life, the angel says to her, when Gabriel makes the announcement uh, to her, she immediately, tur- her life turned upside down. I was expecting a good life with my husband, Joseph. I was expecting to live out a, a, a good life with children. But here now, the angel tells me I'm about to have God's child. I'm about to become. And because along with that, not, not, remember now, she's sexually pure. Along with that, her and Joseph have never come together, never been together. So how are you pregnant and never been with a man? So now she's about to get a both, a both, both a blessing and a curse. A blessing from God, but curse from people. Because they're going to talk about her. They're going to tear her down. But yet and still, she, she's ready to take on the challenge. Sometimes God does that. He, he may throw us something that's good, but we have to realize there's a burden that might come with it. Sometimes you think the blessing has a burden that follows. Can we, bear the, can we bear the burden? When our lives don't go as we plan, it's easy to get afraid. It's easy to not understand, what is God doing? Have you ever said that, God, what are you doing? What's going on? Why am, am I in this situation? God has a way of allowing things to happen to us that we cannot escape from. But he's promised to be with us in the middle of them. He's promised to walk with us and talk with us and guide us. And look what Mary does. After she, she thinks about it and, and, and the angel uh, Gabriel tells her, don't be afraid. She says, Lord, if it's your will, I'll do what you say. Lord, if you say I, to, to walk this walk, I'll walk this walk. If it means I have to deal with ridicule, I'll deal with the ridicule. If it means I have to have lose some friends, I'll lose some friends. But Lord, but not my will, thy will be done. And in our lives, sometimes we got to realize we're going to lose some things when we stand for what Jesus says. Everything's not going to always be on the up and up. Everything's not going to always be sunshine. There's going to be some rainy days. There's going to be some hard days. There are going to be some closed up days. But I'm so glad I got somebody who will walk me through my situation. We are not to fear God's providence. The second thing is, do not fear God's plan. Then we switch over to Joseph. The pain of Joseph's life. Like Mary, everything was going well. Jewish man, good job, carpenter making money, got a young woman who's about to get ready to get married. He was set. Everything was going good. He was living, he was living his life, living a vida loca. He was having a great time. It was going to be all right. But then his dreams are shattered. Because here come that angel again. I'm tell him in a dream. Now, Joseph, what's about to happen, don't be afraid. I know you love your, 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 your boo. I, I, I know you, you care about it. You've treated her right. And I know you got big plans. But Joseph, God has another plan. We have to realize that sometimes we might have some plans, but God has another plan. We might, I, I, I often joke and say that I, it was my desire to be a baseball player. Either short, I mean a catcher or right field of the Los Angeles Dodgers. 
By now, we'd have won seven straight World Series. But God had a different plan. I wanted to be a veterinarian. I went to UC Davis and studied animal husbandry. But when I saw him kill that hog and lamb, that was not what I wanted to do. But God got me to leave Los Angeles, brought me way up to Davis, California. And not only, I couldn't be a veterinarian, but he put me over a different kind of animal. His sheep, he said, I want you to watch over them. When you might have a plan, God may have another plan. And we have to be ready and ready to let God do what God does. Now, Joseph could have done two things when the angel told him, listen, she's pregnant, and you're going to have to what? Stick with her. Y'all got quiet. She's pregnant, and, and, and like Maury says, you are not the father. So now what are you going to do? How are you going to deal with this situation? Joseph was a good man. And he knew the law, the, Deuteron the law in Deuteronomy 4, I believe it is, says that if a woman got pregnant, out, she was to be stoned. If she was involved in uh, sexual relations outside of her marriage, she was to be killed. So here he has this young girl. Now who is this? Everybody know him. They see him going around town, going to, the, going to the store together. They see him hanging out together, so they know that's Joseph's girl. And here she now going to walk around pregnant? Joseph, what y'all been doing? But Joseph had to realize it wasn't me. But the Bible, God told him to listen. What's happening to her, the Holy Ghost is coming upon her. That, 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 that conception, that birth is conceived by God himself. Now, you know, I can think, Joseph says, I don't care who it was conceived by. It ain't mine and I'm not sticking with it. But, but think about this. Joseph was giving a divine privilege to be the father of the Savior to be the earthly father of the Savior. God chose Joseph out of all those folks there to be his son's stepdaddy. And look what he does. He says, he says, now what you can do, Joseph knows I have two things I can do. I can divorce her quietly and let her go on with that baby and do their own thing. Or I could do it publicly. And if I do it publicly, she's going to be stoned. She's going to be killed. All I know, I got something. I, gotta make, I, gotta, I have to make a decision. And sometimes God allows us to get into situations that might be fearful, but we got to make a decision. And we've got to listen for the voice of God to tell us what to do. There's, Joseph could have listened to the devil and put Mary out. But the scripture says, the angel says, just take her anyway. When they, just love her anyway. Be there for her anyway. Because God has got a, a, a blessing for you. Now, you know what's something odd? That you don't hear much about Joseph after the birth of Jesus. The only time you hear about Joseph further on is when they say, isn't that the carpenter's son? But after the birth of Jesus, Joseph sees to go off the scene. What I believe is because God, Joseph, has served his purpose. His purpose was to provide Jesus linked to the throne. His purpose was to provide Jesus his royalty. So jo God, uh, Joseph did just what God wants him to do. And what I'm saying to you is that don't get mad if you don't get to be the star. Don't get mad if you don't get to be on top. Just do what God tells you to do. Because if Joseph had not been Jesus' father, we might be in a whole different situation. It don't take a lot to do right for the Lord. The privilege of Joseph's life was he was handpicked by God to be Jesus' stepfather. Finally, we don't fear God's providence don't fear God's plan, and we don't want to fear God's presentation. We move from Mary to Joseph, now we go to the shepherd. 
the burden of the shepherd was, in those days, shepherds were considered unclean. They were considered to be outcasts, vulgar, dirty, smelly, unkept. They didn't hang around a lot of folks because they were considered to be religious outcasts. I hope you see where I'm going. You see what God did? He could have told Jesus' birth at the state house. He could have made the announcement at some big party. But the first persons to hear about the birth of Jesus was some low-down, dirty, stinky shepherds who God said, I'm going to tell you about them first. And what that might say to us is that God uses ordinary people to do great things. Don't look down on yourself. Realize, don't be afraid of, I don't think I can do that. I don't see how God goes. I don't see. Don't, don't worry about it. God sees something that you don't see. Every now and then, I look at myself and say, God, what did you see? What, why, why me? Why give me the privilege to preach your word? Why give me the privilege to lead this body? But I, and, and I look at some folks who would, not, who would probably agree, I agree, why you? But I'm so glad that God saw something that they did not see. God saw something that I did not see. And God said, yes, you. These shepherds were outcasts. The angels came to them and told them what was going to happen. And, and they, they got excited. And when the angel told them, after he told them, a heavenly host appeared. And they began to praise God and give God praise. And then the, disciples, I mean, the shepherds decided, let's go see who this is. Let's go see who this baby is. They got excited. And when they got to the place, they were so excited. And when they got, they got through visiting him, the scripture says, they then left and went back, went out telling somebody what they saw. You see, the thing about it is, when you come in contact with Jesus, whether he was a baby or a grown man, there's a change that comes over you. These dirty, stinky, vulgar, non, uh, un, unreligious people, God changed their lives. He turned them around. He made them see something that nobody else could see. And what am I saying? Is when you come in contact with Jesus. Now let me just say this back up. The shepherds were afraid. But there ought to be a little fear when you're dealing with God. But not a fear of being afraid, but a reverence of who he is. Thank God for who he is. So when they heard him and saw him, they had to tell somebody. You can't learn about Christ and keep him to yourself. You can't be saved and stay in a corner all by yourself. I got to tell somebody. I got to tell somebody that he lives. Somebody that he died. Somebody that he rose. Somebody that he loves me. Somebody that he is. Ain't God all right? Ain't he good? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. The Bible says, fear not, don't be afraid, because God's got your back. No matter what 2019 holds, no matter what tomorrow holds, no matter what the next hour holds, fear not, fear not, hold to God's unchanging hand. Trust and never doubt, for he will surely lead you out. Ain't he good? Ain't he good? Ain't he good? Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Yes, he is. Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. Say yes. Jesus. Jesus. Oh, what a wonderful child. Jesus. Jesus. So lowly, meek, and mild. New life. New hope. New joy he brings. 
Yes, he does. 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 Just a word from the Lord. And every now and then we need to pause. Thank God for his son Christ. I, I'm so glad I began to reread the Gospels. I told them we want to reread the Gospels, each one four times by the time we get to this day. That was two weeks ago. And I said, that's a little tough. Just read it one time. Now, I don't know how many have read it, but I know I've been reading and I've seen Jesus in a different way. I see him a little closer than I used to. You see, sometimes even we preachers, we can get caught up in the minutia of doing things. And every now and then, we've got to go back to the old landmark. We've got to go back to the book and see him again for ourselves. And I'm so glad. I'm glad. I'm glad. I see him again. I see him again.